Live from the Business Radio X studio in Atlanta, it's time for Dental Business Radio. Brought to you by Practice Quotient. Practice Quotient bridges the gap between the provider and payer communities. Now here's your host, Patrick O'Rourke. Hi there, friends of the dental business community. This is your host, Patrick O'Rourke with Dental Business Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate that. And uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Practice Quotient, PPO Negotiations and Analysis. If you are a top-tier provider, don't you feel like you should get paid like a top-tier provider? And you should probably have top-tier representation. If you don't feel comfortable with that statement or you don't feel like you're getting top-tier representation or compensation, then you should contact Practice Quotient, www.practicequotient.com. So with that, let me welcome our guest today from Endo One Partners, all the way from California and Texas, respectively. We're coming with Matthew, Matthew Haddad and Daryl Didum. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks did for I having me. Name? Did I say your last name right, Daryl? Uh, Dudum, yes. Dudum. Sorry about yeah. that. No I've nev- never said your last name before, actually. No, thanks but. for having us on. We're excited to be here. Good. Well, we're very excited because this show, what this show is all about is um, kind of what's new, what's different, what's going on in our industry. And I feel like you guys are in the mover and shaker category for sure. And so tell me a little bit about, um, well, let's start with you guys first. So you're both into Donna's, right? Yes, we are. All right. So how did you decide you wanted to be an endodontist? Um, well, I guess it started with how we wanted to be a dentist, but, um, uh, we, you know, went to dental myself. I went to dental school and, um, just realized that that, that specialty, uh, was, was more my style. Uh, I like doing root canals. Uh, I found some great mentors and, um, people that I really connected with and just ran with it. So, um, I finished my dental school training in Cleveland, Ohio, Case Western University, and after that, uh, directly after I finished dental school, I moved to Boston University to do my two-year residency. And that's where Daryl and I met for the first time. And that's kind of where, I guess, the genesis of Endo One um, seed was planted. And, um, you know, about 10 years later, uh, here we are. Gotcha. Daryl, was it, did you know when you were six years old that you wanted to? Um... Uh, no, I mean, I always... Uh wanted to go into dentistry from when I was a kid and then it kind of morphed into maybe medicine and then, and back into dentistry. I, uh, my mentor through, through dental school and, you know, uh, in endodontics is uh, actually one of the, the co-founders of, of Endo One, uh, is actually a cousin of mine, Darren Rishwain. So, uh, going through dental school and, um, he really mentored me through and then, uh, followed in his footsteps to Boston university, which is, uh, as Matt was mentioning, where, where we met as co-residents and, and then, uh, actually, partnered with, with, uh, Darren out in the Bay area. So we've been practicing out in the Bay area for about uh, 10 years. And, and, uh, as Matt said, obviously then we, uh, put everything together and, and started into one last year. Mm-hmm. So you're in Boston and you're like, man, it is cold in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. It's been my, my we need whole life. In, yeah. In California, I, I grew up in the Bay area. Uh, we went down to UCLA for undergrad and, University of the Pacific and San Francisco for dental school. So I was, I was a California boy my whole life and then uh, got out to Boston for a couple of years and 
ran away from the snow pretty quick after that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. And uh, so Matt, you, you're like, I'm going to Texas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> get, get me out of here somewhere south. So uh, I had a buddy who was in Texas and uh, vis- visited a couple times and just loved it, fell in love with it. And I, I jumped on a plane right after graduation and haven't looked back. Yeah, I have to say two of my favorite states are Texas and California. I'm originally from Florida, so cold is uh, not my favorite thing um, either. Uh, I like Boston and specifically Cape Cod in the summertime, but uh, definitely not uh, right this time of year. Uh, Texas is awesome, and so is California. I actually got married in the Bay Area in Sausalito. Um, I'll tell you that story another time um, because this show is really about business, not Pat's funny life anecdotes. Um, although it is a good story and it involves a Tom Petty song. So, but another time. Um, so you guys are ones in Texas, ones in California. Now, you know, I know a ton of specialists and what's really kind of different about you guys is that you're more than clinicians, much more. You guys are, entrepreneurs business and you want to play big boy ball is what i call it and i love that about you so tell me a little bit about endo one partners and tell our listeners about what endo one partners is and what you are accomplishing yeah i mean uh when we started putting this together last year we uh we realized that there was a lot of change going on in the, in the dental marketplace um you know we I had been talking about, uh, you know, the changes with regards to the amount of group practices that were growing um, mm-hmm. around us. I mean, there was, you know, so many people when we were going through dental school, we had, a, you know, a lot of the faculty and people we knew they were, you know, single practices for 30, 40 years and, you know, handed it down to their, their possibly their children or sold it to one, one person. And that was kind of the way that everything transitioned and, and things were changing. I mean, we realized there was, you know, even you know, in local markets, you would see four or five, six location practices where that never really existed. There was a lot more partnership models where, you know, you'd have, um, you know, four or five partners in a, in a practice with a couple locations. And, and that wasn't very common, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And so we started to realize that, but the, and then all of a sudden it went into the, the corporate consolidation where a lot of these, you know, large DSOs started to form. Um, and, you know, Matt and I chatted a lot and, and, you know, he brought up that, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of consolidation in the endodontic space specifically in the sense where there wasn't, there wasn't a, a group that you could join that was, you know, really looking out for, um, you know, the endodontists and the way that they want to practice and, and keep their, their autonomy and what's important to them. And so, um, you know, we, we pitched the idea back and forth a little bit and, and that's where the genesis of it kind of came from was how do we, how do we get all those benefits of a, of a larger organization, um, not only in our local market, but, you know, as we grow and scale to, to get a lot of these benefits um, that these other, you know, larger groups are getting that we can't get access to from, you know, our, our local market. And how do we, you know, run our practices more efficiently, get, you know, better, you know, supply yeah. costs and just basically get the power of being larger. Um, is is and- that the benefit though? Is there's the benefits of benefits. like you know hey we got bulk dental supplies there's got to be several I mean, other there's other, yeah other, there's there's a lot of benefits and coming back to what daryl was saying is high level two things that really make endo one partners and, and and our group of partners 
unique and standalone is uh, first Daryl mentioned uh, is we're endo specific. Um, you know, mm-hmm. being, you know, when we came out being first to market, um, you know, there's a, there's a couple other people now, um, you know, which is, you know, kind of normal, but nonetheless, first to market um, and real, the big, the big one that separates us, not just from endodontics or specialty um, is, is the way the company was formed. So Daryl mentioned, Hey, you know, the, the way consolidation started first, the mom and pop practice, then we see, Hey, three, four, five locations locally. And then, you know, um, private equity, um, you know, capital partners got in the mix and they started consolidating. Mm-hmm. So with DSOs, um, as most people call them, uh, they were basically, um, a collection of, you know, a private equity firm coming in, buying a bunch of, of group practices, like Daryl mentioned, four or five local practices, consolidating them, and then inserting their management team and continuing to acquire affiliate practices and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming back to what I was saying, the second part that makes us unique is um, we did a little, a little differently. Um, we formed the group and uh, we did realize that private equity is necessary. Um, you know, capital is necessary to grow certain parts of, of the growth. The experience is necessary to have. Um, so we found our, we went and shopped around our own private equity partner. Um, we weren't, you know, someone didn't find us. And when we did that, it was more of a, a minority type situation. Um, and that comes back to, you know, the traditional method where they insert management teams. And we said, Hey, we're going to do this, but we're going to do it our way. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to control the company. We're going to control the board, have majority equity. Um, and we're going to be CEOs, Daryl and I both being co-CEOs. So really having complete control, the dentist being controlled, day-to-day operations, everything that's going on, hiring the management team, uh, so on and so forth. Um, I, I think that's what really separates us. But at the same time, having a fantastic private equity partner who supports us and adds a ton of value, but doesn't completely control the dentist. I, I think that that is very different. And I, you know, obviously I'm in, I'm in the space. Uh, I think that the way you guys are doing it is different. It's important to have the right partners, you know, uh, from a financial standpoint for sure. And also from, a, a, you know, just a business knowledge standpoint, you know, just as a business owner, it's kind of one of the parts of this show is that, you can, uh, you know, especially if you're, you know, you also have a family, it's like you're running a business, you have a family, you're really good at what you do, but you're putting, you're pouring everything into your business, you know, and your family with the extra time that you have left over. And then hopefully you can sleep occasionally, um, you know, and so I can't, I don't have time to be an expert at everything. And so I have to find the right partners and the right advisors to help me see things that I'm, I don't see, you know, and take advantage of opportunities and, you know, help, you know, kind of clear the the path of all of the distractions that help that that jump in our way, you know, every day, every year, this is a year, you know, talk about rolling with the punches. This is the year, you know, don't, (laughs) you you know, if I talk to people all the time, they're really starting a business this year. And I'm like, wow, you got some uh, courage or, testicular fortitude, if you will, you know? Um, so I think what you're doing 
and being choosing your own destiny proactively is smart. That's very intelligent. And it seems to be working out well for you as you're talking to different docs all across the country. Have you found that there's any difference in attitudes or perceptions, you know, when you get outside of uh, Texas and California? Daryl? You mean with regards to what they're looking for in a partnership or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sure. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think obviously different, you know, uh, different regions of the U S are a little, you know, you have weather and things like that, but I think overall, I mean, we all, it's such a small specialty of endodontics. I mean, our, what we're looking to do with patients, what, what matters, you know, what's important to us with regards to patient care, I think is, is something that's pretty streamlined across the, the industry, which is great. Um, and so I think, you know, when, when we go around and we're meeting with, with different doctors and talking to them about, you know, what a partnership with, with endo one looks like and, and what it's like to, to be involved. I think it's, it's really great that we get to sit down, you know, endodontist, endodontist and talk to them about it and they get to understand, you know, cause we have a lot of similar concerns, you know, when, when Matt and I and Mark and Darren, the, the four co-founders, when we put this together, I mean, we wanted to make sure that all of our, you know, concerns that we had with having our practice involved with something larger were addressed. I mean, I wanted to make sure that, you know, our, our staff was taken care of. I wanted to make sure I could, you know, order supplies or whatever, maybe things that were important to me, the way I scheduled my patients, how much time I had with them. I mean, you know, these are all very important things in, in the way I ran my practice. And so I think it's really nice for us to sit down with, with partners and talk to them about how that will look like after the partnership and make sure everybody's aligned with that. And, and the nice thing is, is we understand the language that they're, you know, that they're talking. We know what's important to them because it was important to us. And I think that's something that, that resonates across the entire country, no matter, you know, where we are. And we right. know that. Is it because your business is your baby, right? So it's like you're the one that's making the decisions. And one of the reasons why I, I, you know, left corporate America is because the question to me at the time was, do you want to make the decisions or do you want to have the decisions made for you? Well, that was very, it was crystal clear to me at that moment. Um, you know, so you, you're essentially you're saying, hey, partner with us, but you're not going to lose, uh, you know, autonomy. Um, I've also noticed that uh, the folks that you are partnering with Endo One tend to be top tier, high caliber, established endodontists. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm sure you have some sort of criteria um, when you're you're looking for your partners so that you can maintain the same quality in your brand. Um, would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, uh, definitely. And <clears throat> even tying into your, your previous uh, question, uh, you know, when sitting in front of docs and, you know, going out of state, you know, all, all the other uh, big DSOs out there, they all have their business development team and they sit down and, you know, hey, they say, hey, this might be a possibility for an affiliation. And they look at numbers and, and do their diligence. Um, and then they try to do the transaction that way. Um, where, yeah, we have our business development team, but when it's getting a little bit hot or, you know, and we feel like it's a, a good partnership opportunity, Daryl and I fly out there. We shake hands or bump fists now that that's what we're doing. But uh, we got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. But uh, we sit down and we break bread and, and, and we, you know, at being ended honest and being in the position that 
that they're in now being in it previously, um, we can really relate to them and not only, you know, make us feel good about the partnership, but on the other side of the table. So um, I think, you know, some of those, those pieces are why we've been tremendously successful. Um, just that, that personal touch and that understanding. Nothing like getting eyeball to eyeball. I, I have to agree with you totally. It's one thing I miss. Um, you know, I, I see the light at the end of the tunnel and I certainly don't want to go into COVID talk, although it's still, you know, hopefully it's like one of those fads from the eighties or the nineties that we all forgot about. You know what I mean? You know, uh, there's pictures with Matt and Daryl wearing flannel somewhere, I'm sure, but you know, we're going to pretend like it didn't happen. Um, so, not that old. Not Oh, no, no, I'm old. Is that what you're trying to say? I didn't say anything. <laughs> My kids make me feel old all the time. They're like, hey, oh, this song was made in 1985. Oh, it's 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 good, even though it's old. I'm like, I'm going to smack the crap out of you. Um, <laughs> um, at, at any rate, so, um, and I know um, that docs can be particular and kind of set in their ways a little bit. Like, uh, I have a good friend, uh, John Muse. John Muse listens to the show. Hey, John, what's up? Um, and he likes to go play golf every Wednesday. That's what he does. He's had his own practice, very successful. Um, and probably wouldn't ever change that little routine. And so I think if he was ever going to partner with anybody, you know, he'd be like, um, so I'm going to do whatever I want with my staff. Right. And I'm going to be, uh, playing golf on, on Wednesdays. That's, uh, that's the deal. Are there any weird requests like that? Like what's the strangest thing that somebody's asked for Daryl? And you can switch it up a little bit if you want to protect the innocent. Yeah, no, no, we, we, ha- I wouldn't say we've had anything that's, that's been that odd so far. Uh, maybe Matt is something that he can chime in on, but I mean, typically the, those things that you mentioned are very important to us. I mean, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying of, you know, sitting down and kind of going through those things and us understanding as an honest, I mean, you know, I want my Wednesday off to play golf too. So, you know, I don't, I don't blame them. So, I mean, all of those things that, that are there before and after is, is we want them to stay the same. Um, and, and our focus is, is partnering with, with quality practices. Like you're mentioning people have, have great, um, reputations in the community and, and, you know, have been around for, for a long time. And, and those are the great partnerships that we're looking for because not, not every group in the space, the DSO space is, is looking to do that. I mean, some groups go out and they're looking for practices that, you know, maybe are on, on, the downside and they're, you know, doing well and they can get them and try and, you know, build them back up. I mean, that's, that's not what we do. I mean, we go around and we want to partner with, with the best of the best. And that's what we have, you know, we feel like we've done in our practices and we want to partner with who are people who are like-minded in that sense. And that's really important to us. Right. So if it's not, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. I mean, our goal is not to go in there and, and reinvent the wheel. I mean, we want to work with people that, that know what they're doing, that have great practices and we're there to support them. We're there to, you know, take off some of the management burden that, you know, they don't, you know, want to necessarily deal with. And so that's really what we come in to do. We're, we're not trying to, to rewrite anything. So what's the top uh, two heartburn management issues? I'm curious. The top two, I didn't catch like, that. What, top two, uh, management burdens that you're going to relieve. So two of the things that cause heartburn, ah. um, you know, management, <laughs> management would be easy if it wasn't for people. That's what it was told to me when I was 21 years old. And I was like, yeah, oh, well, um, that, that, that's a great question. And I, I think that question differs from doctor or group to group. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but what one thing that is pretty consistent is there's some, you know, um, nuances and, and, and responsibilities of running a business um, that are, that you have to do that, you know, really don't, you know, leave that much of an impression on the actual business. So everyone loves us taking away, um, you know, being responsible for payroll, HR benefits, um, having a team that's able to, you know, um, get in front of their, their employees and properly explain things and, and enroll them and, and making sure we hold their hand and it's done properly. Uh, Cause that stuff can be confusing. And, and frankly, you know, you know, we're dentists, we're not HR specialists. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other side of that is <clears throat> accounting. So um, accounting is, you know, uh, a part that is consolidated. Um, and then what we do is um, we really try to, you know, help, help the docs and the groups uh, manage off that PL. So, you know, pull all the information, work with the accountants, you know, produce financial reports, and then, uh, you know, help, you know, make the practice uh, uh, operate more, more efficiently by looking at things like that. So I would say accounting and HR are really the two big things that no one ever says, Hey, you know, wait, I want to enter my, you know, payroll hours in there and all my, <laughs> make sure, you know, they're signed up for benefits and, and, and answer questions on health insurance. So, uh, we, everyone's pretty happy if we take those things off. Right. Um, so you're onboarding the employees, you're training. And now I would imagine that like some of the group practices you have may have some group health plan, but be, the larger you get, you know, I'm an insurance guy and I used to do large group sales and I have an insurance license. So the bigger you are, the better benefits that you can offer, um, even if you're spread out all over the country. And so just by that's huge. I mean, it's massive. And, you know, so like my company is under 10 employees. And so I, you know, the, the, the options, even though I know this industry inside and out are still limited, you know, once you can get the larger, um, you you have so many more options and that's the number one thing that people want right is medical benefits and then to be able to explain that to them and articulate that to them and that's not just the employees either right that's the docs mm-hmm. yes yeah and that's a great point too we uh, to this day we have not had an affiliation who said hey whoa our you know our benefits were better before um <laughs> So it is, it's an added benefit. We are, as we continue to grow into a larger company, we are able to provide larger benefits um, and uh, want to do that. You know, that's an exciting thing for us mm-hmm. happy to go in there and, and, and have uh, our HR manager um, come and explain all the benefits and, and the benefits of joining and affiliating with Endo One. So that's something we're very proud of and happy to offer. Right. So I, I do think, I think that's huge. So the, the, second biggest complaint that I ever hear is it's hard to find good insert either associates, um, practice managers, um, sometimes regular staff, but that's the two that I hear the most of. So if you're trying to attract and retain talent, you know, the benefits package is, is certainly a way to do that, that your the other local independent shops can't. Um, I think that's huge. I think that's very smart. Uh, bravo. Um, hopefully everybody appreciates, um, these, it's actually a lot of work, whoever your benefit broker is, especially as spread out as you guys are. Um, so you want to give them a shout out? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, that's, you know, one thing that we've realized and, and I, you know, noticed it at my practice. I mean, you know, the amount of employees we had, it was hard to get a, 
a great insurance, you know, benefit package. And if, and if you got one, there wasn't a lot of options, you know, there was pretty much one option, hard to get all the, you know, dental or maybe you want chiropractic or, you know, disability, all these other different options or add-ons to the policy it was pretty much here's health and that's it. And it, and it's expensive for the small business owner too. I mean, when you only have six, seven, 10 employees, like you're saying, Patrick, I mean, that that's, that's a problem. Um, so by us being larger, I mean, we get to do two things. One, we get to provide, as Matt said, much better benefits, not only with the health itself, but, you know, other options that they can add to it. And then it, and then we additionally have a lot of variability for them. I mean, some people want, you know, the best of the best, you know, medical plan, and they can, you know, pay up for that. And some people want something that's just, you know, I want something with no premium and more of a, you know, an emergency only kind of health plan. So, you know, different people, depending on their situation and their age and, and whatnot, uh, you know, they want different types of insurance. And so having that flexibility has been, been really big for, for the staff of, of people coming on board to end one. And, and I think it's, you know, just kind of strengthens that relationship to understand of, of a lot of the benefits that we provide, you know, when you do come on board into one. So the doctors have been more than happy with, with what the staff's, you know, response has been to the benefits package as a whole. All right. Yeah. I'm tempted to be like, hmm, maybe I should find you guys as a partner and you, you guys can handle our HR and our benefits because I think even my premium is as much as my mortgage, which is nuts. Is that uh, why you charge us so much, Patrick? Huh? What's that? <laughs> is that why you charge us so much? <laughs> mm, it's all about value, baby. You know, it's it's never about how much money when some people ask me, they're like, how much money does it cost, Pat? I'm like, well, the question is really how much money am I going to make you? That's the question, you know, and I think that um, you will find just like all of our other clients um, that a partnership um, is really worthwhile. If you haven't found that already you got to grow into 100 percent uh you know you you referenced it before when we were talking about private equity um where you know our approach was unique but we were looking at them you know listen to to build a big group like this you need lots of help and you need great partners and we looked at the private equity side as is that's the that's the role that we need them for um and also you know practicing with you guys um we, you know, we knew that this was an area, this is, we talk about what are the benefits um, of, of affiliating. And, you know, one of them is having you as, you know, uh, one of our team members, uh, you know, obviously a, a third party, uh, but having you in our arsenal of things that we can provide. So, you know, we've told people, um, you know, um, some of the success we've had uh, working with you guys in Texas, I know that was kind of our first project. And, uh, we're very fortunate and, and thankful and, and looking forward to that to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, that's with growth. The one thing that's not talked about just to sidetrack it a little bit, just for our listeners, um, growing every time you grow, it takes more time acquisitions and transitions. There's periods of turbulence. Um, you know, we're not magic. It, there's, there has to be a plan, um, you want to reduce your turbulence. Turbulence is my polite word for cash flow disruption, claims disruption, patient disruption. And most of all, if not the most important is staff disruption. What's your plan? Like you can't just buy a practice, you know, and, and I get this call, especially these days. They're like, I just bought a practice this morning, Patrick. Um, 
So it's Friday on Monday. Can you give me credentialed and give me all of the highest fees? And I'm like, <laughs> thanks for calling. Um, no, no, we can't do that. Um, so, and, you know, that's all about communications and expectations. And so, you know, I've met with a few of your folks down in the Tampa Bay area because I'm a native Tampanian, holler back to Tampa. Um, and, you know, was able to, to get eyeball to eyeball with those guys. And I said, Hey, listen, I understand your market completely. And here's kind of the things, but there's, um, there, there's no one, there's typically not a one size fits all strategy when it comes to your network participation. And you guys are finding that out when you're, when you get two different practices that are in the same Metro market, right? So you may have one that's on every plan and another one that's on three. And so, you know, you can't just, cram in one model across the board. So you have to look at each practice strategically. And, you know, there's one thing if, you know, all of our listeners out there, if you think you're just going to cram the one thing in there, like good luck, um, you're not going to be able to grow the way that you want to grow. Um, so listen to me now and hear me later on that, dear listeners. Um, but thank you very much for the compliments. I do appreciate it. Um, I feel like you guys are slightly better dressed than me, although I'm wearing a suit. Um, so that troubles me sometimes. So <laughs> my, my wife put it together. So sorry. And you, you, you like to hear this too. My wife, she's a, she's a O apostrophe as well. She's an O'Sullivan. Or uh, O'Sullivan. Uh, yes. So she feels the pain of the apostrophe. You know, I love it. Yeah. But it, it's yeah. ah, data entry. I told my wife when we got married, I said, don't use the apostrophe. You're going to go to the same bank. You're going to go to SunTrust. We've been there for 20 years. They're going to be like, you don't have a bank account. And you're like, okay, try. It's the, uh, it's the Y2K of last names. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I like her already. We're probably like, like third cousin somehow. <laughs> um, so the, uh, and isn't it, <laughs> every time I get a compliment on how I'm dressed, it usually is something that my wife picked out. It's uncanny, you know? Um, I don't know if like they put a sticker on there that other women can see maybe. Or know. they either dress you or comment on what you currently are put on initially. So you, you sure you're going to put that shirt with that jacket? <laughs> right. Exactly. Go back to the closet. Right. And they give you that look and they're like, so you're wearing that. You're going in public, right? And you're like, nope. I was just getting the mail. I had to put a shirt on. I'll go back to the drawing board. Um, yeah. So, wives are great. Um, shout out to Mrs. O'Rourke and uh, Mrs. O'Sullivan Haddad. And uh, Daryl, are you uh, yes. betrothed? Yes. You wanna, you wanna, yeah. Two kids. Two kids. I'm yeah. sorry. Three, three children. Can't remember anymore. <laughs> three, three little ones. Yeah, well, that's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How old are they? Uh, five, three, and one. So oh, we have. Well, a, you're in the, you are in the mix. Yes, we are. But it, oh. it, it's a lot of fun. I am surprised you're awake right now. Yeah, hey, I, I got a beat. I, I have four, two, and eleven months. So Good lord! Just by an inch. Yeah. God, 
Yeah, we just got out of diapers, and I went over at my friend's house, and they have a like a six month old and a three year uh, and a, and about to be almost three, you know. And they're like it's terrible too. I'm like, we totally they turned three. They they they're classified as domestic terrorists at three, all right. So like for that, they're just crazy. Like one second they're so sweet, they're like I love you, daddy, and then they're burning down your house. Like don't don't look away. Um, yeah, so. And you guys are running all over the country. So I think you should buy your wives have nice Christmas gifts coming down. Already done. All right. Good job. You're not going to be at Walgreens like me at midnight going. Oh. <laughs> I think the Chia pet, she's going to like it. It's kind of kitschy. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Stephanie. Um, probably. So, um, so what do you guys see as some of like, let's go, let's back it up a little bit and just look at kind of the dental market as a whole. Um, and so, uh, I was talking to, uh, my friend Harris G from UBS last week, and we were talking about how our perceptions of the market may be a little bit different because all of our clients are established, and so, you know, I, I hear, you know, the ADA, I've read the reports and everything that there's, you know, you know, 20% of dentists are going to shut down or that there's a lot of slowdown. And I don't really see that, but I tend to work with you know, more established practices. Um, and so do how do you guys feel about the market in general? And I'll preface this by my own personal story about the last time I needed a root canal. When you need a root canal, Nothing else matters. Nothing. Like I'm getting a root canal and I'm going to get it right now. And that's so I think in my my observation is that endodontists in a pretty good spot. But why don't you guys tell me it, what you're observing because you're closer? Yeah, that that's a great point. So endodontics in general, um, you know, through this COVID uh, mess, um, especially the the first kind of uh, the shutdown in April. Uh, people really realize that there's there's parts of dentistry and endodontics included that is totally essential. Um, Pre-COVID, post-COVID, you don't know how many, I mean, once or twice a day, uh, I see a patient who went to the emergency room, uh, you know, for that that pain, whether it was a month before and it went away or the day before. Um, So, when you stop access to, to, to that treatment, um, they're just going to show up in the hospitals and, and bog down the people who can't really fix the problem. That's so very, I, very expensive by yeah, the way, for everybody exactly. and run up, you know, bills and it's all a litany of problems. So, um, you know, definitely, um, uh, in terms of emergency and essential care, uh, you know, we are, we have our own little niche sector that, uh, needs to, uh, you know, be functional no matter, you know, what the circumstances are. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, it's just, uh, we are the definition of, of essential care. Um, people don't say, Hey, I want to go get a root canal today. And why not? Um, you know, you, you go. You <laughs> so, um, does anybody but- ever call up and say, Matt, your root canal. I've had root canals before, but not like that. That was just an exquisite experience. And then they send you a handwritten thank you card. You know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but uh, I think Daryl and I can both say, yeah, that that, ha- that happens. I mean, we do it all day, every day. 
Um, you know, we've perfected our business over the last 10, 11 years um, uh, to, to maximize the patient experience and take care of the patients as best as possible. And we do, we relieve pain and discomfort and infection. So when they come to see us, um, they're not the happiest, but when we make them feel better, uh, they're, they're quick to tell us. And, and that's, that's the, I would say, the biggest plus of, of this job. That's awesome. Very fulfilling, isn't it? It is. It is. I love, I love when people say thank you, you know, and they're like, you know, I just appreciate that. It's, you know, it, it, it's part of the reason I do what I do, actually. Um, I like it. Um, you get Christmas cards you know, from yeah. clients. So it's, like it. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm a very simple man. Um, small things make me happy. Um, Daryl, has it, you know, would, would, what's your take on that? So you guys are doing high quality. Um, the need for root canals hasn't come down then, huh? No, I, I don't think it has. I mean, I think, you know, there's with the general dentist offices being open, um, you know, you're obviously going in and you're getting more work done, whether it's a, a cleaning, whether more importantly for us, if you're getting a, a filling or a crown done or things like that, which then all of a sudden could cause, you know, nerve pain, you might need a root canal after that. But um, I would say the majority of our work is is kind of what you're saying. You wake up and you have a toothache and you didn't have anything done, you know, yesterday or last week at the dentist. Your tooth just started to hurt. And and that's why our, our business is essential. And, you know, the the other aspect of dentistry that is pretty in line with that is oral surgery. I mean, the, we were the two really subsets of dentistry that that really stayed open and were pretty busy during the shutdown because you have to be. And, you know, so much of that was, you know, keeping, as Matt said, patients out of the emergency room. They're trying to keep ICU beds available for COVID patients. Um, they don't want people there, you know, who have a toothache and all that. They can't help them. Right. Can't do anything. They literally mm-hmm. cannot do anything. They just say, call your dentist. So, um, you know, trying to, you know, educate patients and, you know, get them over to our offices instead of the emergency room is, you know, would be a huge benefit. But I think, you know, once they get there and they realize they need to get to a, a dental office, they need to get the root canal done. I mean, we have to see them. So we, we, everybody had kind of a, a little bit of a dip during those, you know, April, May, and, and so much of it too was, was all of the practices trying to understand how to open, you know, putting protocols in place. How do we, how do we stay open and protect ourselves? You know, as we've always done, I mean, we practice with universal precautions in dentistry where we're always wearing masks. We're always wearing gloves, gowns, things like that. Disinfection between patients. I mean, so, so much of what people are putting in place at at other businesses, I mean, we already have, and even another level of, so, I mean, you know, we constantly work on, on patients who have, uh, you know, different viruses and and, and diseases that, you know, we have to protect ourselves. So, it's something we've always had and, and addressed. And so, but, you know, this was a little different and, you know, putting things in, whether it's air purifiers or having patients, you know, rinse, um, you know, with, with different disinfectants before they sit down on the chair, different items that, that made it a little bit better. But overall, we just had to understand how to practice in the current environment. And once we did, um, you know, our, our production levels and our scheduling was all pretty much back up to, to, to normal. And we've seen most of our partners, I mean, pretty much starting in June have been back to normal is what we've mm-hmm. seen. And different states open at different times. Absolutely. Um, you know, won't get, get into that. But the um, one thing that I will reiterate here just to all listeners is going to the emergency room does absolutely nothing and costs a lot of money, not just you, but the entire healthcare system. It's just, you know, as a healthcare guy, 
uh, that is the one thing that we were trying to drive people away. And so now for um, our listeners that may be in the insurance industry, all of my colleagues over there. Hey, guys. Nice. Nice to see you in my mind's eye. Anyway, I would Daryl and Matt here are about to tell you what they've done to make their practices more safe and why their cost of care has not gone down. It's actually gone up. So with that, tell me a couple things, boys, what you've had to do that's cost you um, some money and is a good reason why you would not take less money from uh, an insurance carrier. Like you were getting paid X for a molar root canal in 2020 or 2019, and now they want to pay you less and that's a, not a good idea because your cost of care, your cost of doing business did not go down. Can you give not just me, but all of our listeners, especially you guys in the insurance industry, some examples? Yeah, I think the, the low hanging fruit there is the PPE, personal protective equipment, um, not only needing an extra layer, more of it, um, but also the rising costs because of the demand. So um, all that, I, I think the numbers, uh, it's anywhere from, you know, three to 10%, depending on the, the practice type of practice that's, you know, wow. adding to expenses, uh, which is significant. So um, you factor that in with a decrease in fees. I mean, that's an astronomical hit to, to the industry. Um, and Compound gonna, impact. Correct. And I mean, there's going to be a, if, if that happens, I mean, people would have to make hard decisions and, and, and basically, um, you know, the numbers have to shake out and make sense. Otherwise, uh, they'll have to make decisions about the way they what they accept and in, in, in the insurance companies that they're in network with. Um, another thing, too, and it's not even counted in that expenses. There's also non PPE expenses um, that are like, uh, you know, fiberglass covers in the front, air purifiers, as Daryl mentioned. Um you know, if you're building a new office, maybe you, you realize you're going to need more square footage in the waiting room. You know, if, if something like this happens again, um, there, there's a lot of other costs that are baked in that um, really weren't there pre-COVID. So it's hard to actually quantify that amount. But nonetheless, it's it's material um, it's, mm-hmm. it's here. And frankly, I mean, there, there's no you know, there's no evidence that it's going away. It might stick around forever. So. Um, really to, you know, if, if, if the industry is, is trying to decrease reimbursement, that, that'd be a, a astronomical mistake. I mean, it'd be terrible. Yeah. And, and additionally, we've had to, you know, more staff in the office are having to wear PPE. Mm-hmm. So as Matt said, not only is it more expensive, um, you know, if we have to have a lot more of it, not only for, you know, doctor or assistant or whatnot, but also for, for the front. I mean, we weren't having front desk staff wear masks before, um, you know, wear gowns or face shields, things like that. I mean, you know, but now a lot of offices do. So, I mean, it's additional staffing that has to wear this. And then as Matt said, because of the, the way that we also want to protect our patients and not have more than, you know, a certain number of patients in the office at a time, but also our staff, we don't want them all taking lunch at the same time and all sitting down, uh, eating, you know, all together. So we've kind of had to adjust our scheduling, um, to where, you know, we have to only have one person taking lunch at a time. So we've made a lot of adjustments on our end 
to, to do the best we can. But from a supply cost perspective, yeah, I mean, it, absolutely things have gone up. Well, I appreciate that. And so do they. So I will thank you on their behalf. I know that, that uh, everybody's making some mental notes over there. All my colleagues on the other side of the ball. Um, so as we kind of wrap up, this has been a really good show. What I want to really end with is growth trajectory to me is important. Tell me about your growth trajectory. What's your planned growth? What's, what do you consider strategic growth, smart growth? Are you guys trying to, like, what are you trying to do? Um, so, you know, take it a step back. Um, you know, when we started uh, Endo One Partners, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago, um, we, we were the founding locations, eight locations, um, and we were trying to figure out what we were doing, how we were going to do it, you know, what our values were, building our platform um, and creating, you know, getting our name out there, creating a pipeline of in- people that are interested. And fast forward a year later, um, we are currently 30 locations. And by the end of the year, um, we have some imminent closes. We should be 37 locations. So pretty significant growth trajectory. Uh, and, and not to mention, uh, we also have another 20 locations in the pipeline planned to close before the end of Q1. So when all is said and done, end of Q1, we should be about approaching 60 locations. Um, and that's you know, tremendous growth. We've seen growth of the management team develop along with that growth. Um, you know, I think we're 17 um, in the management department when a year ago we were three or four. Um, in the corporate at the corporate level. Uh, so growth has been tremendous. Um, I think the biggest part we touched on this is growing with the right partners. So um, whether, you know, from, from a, you know, ideological standpoint and, and endodontic standpoint and how we you know want to treat our patients and the type of practices that we have grown uh, throughout the, 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 the time that they, that practices, that person, doctor has owned it. Um, just picking the right partners, making sure they're a good fit. Um, and as long as we, you know, have the bandwidth and can support them and they're interested, um, you know, we're willing to grow with it. So that's a, that's a really good answer. And, uh, I was trying to not let my head explode, um, with the amount of growth, um, there, you know, that, that's fun. That's exciting. That's a lot. Um, to manage all at the same time. And so, but it, it sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this isn't just growth for tr- growth's sake. This is simply, you guys actually are just finding the right partners at a good time. Exactly. And that's, and I think that kind of goes back to, you know, us talking last year, year and a half ago, two years when we were putting this together, um, you know, we decided to, to launch into one was that there, there was a, there was a problem without a solution. And, and you go around, like I said, I mean, a lot of groups were joining larger, you know, DSOs and the space is consolidating, but there wasn't a good fit for a company that I wanted to join with my practice, with my baby that I had built for 10 years. And, and Darren and Matt and Mark, we'd all said the same thing. There's no group that we'd want to join right now that, you know, it, it doesn't exist. And so, you know, when we, put, you know, put this together. And, you know, as Matt said, brought in that, you know, private equity partner and, and it, but we still had complete control of the company. Um, 
that allows us to really tailor it to what's important to our practices and, and really hit home with a lot of people. Um, a lot of endodontists are like, wow, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I mean, this is, this is what I'd want to join. I get to you know, continue to run the practice the way I want. I get to provide better benefits for my staff. Um, you know, you have uh, partnership opportunities for associates. You have, you know, the ability for me to take a lot of things off my plate, um, support me with, you know, somebody like yourself, Patrick, to help increase, you know, reimbursements for my insurances. I mean, there's so many benefits along with creating a community of endodontists that get to, you know, get to know each other, get to, you know, we want to build a collaboration between them with regards to, you know, the way that, Maybe I have a, a way that I market at my practice that might be beneficial for them or this and that. So, I mean, there's, there's so many benefits of being a part of a large organization such as, you know, those and others we've talked on. And I think that it was a problem that needed a solution. And, um, you know, we're the only ones um, now that kind of have that unique blend where, you know, we still, you know, oversee it. I mean, we get to, to make the, the decisions and endodontist does. And so you don't have to worry about, you know, a, a corporate or, you know, somebody who's worried about the bottom line in that last penny or, or dollar saving it, it, that might jeopardize the way that you've run your practice for years. Cause that's not, that's not how we run our business. We want to do what's right for our practices and for all of our partners practices. And that may mean, you know, making a decision that, you know, might not be the, the biggest economic advantage for the, for the company, but it's, it's more of a long-term advantage for the company. I think that that's a material advantage me, you know, so I, I don't want to, you know, we have, you know, full disclosure, obviously we have some larger clients. Um, I, if I had a dollar for every time two guys called me and said, Hey, Patrick, well, we've got, you know, six practices and we're going to have 20 in the next year. Um, I'd be playing golf every Wednesday. You guys did it. Right. We don't yeah. we did tell you that. <laughs> you did tell me that. Yep. And we I believe and, and I and I believed you. Um and you and you did it. Now now I'm like, well, pump the brakes a little bit, boys. Um but you know, I think that that says a lot about you guys, your drive, their structure, and the product really when you're looking at what you do, it's the docs. All right. So without you, without your partners, you know, without the endodontist, there's nothing there. There's just an office that somebody can actually do that root canal in an exquisite type manner. And yeah. And that's a great point. Um, and, and that's, you know, again, one of the, the main reasons why we we're successful. And, you know, we don't we don't love the, the, the three letter word of DSO. Um, and that's why we, we coin ourselves as an EPO. So endodontic partnership organization um, and, and that middle letter is so important to us, the partnership, um, because really that's what makes us tick. So I think we have these are approximate numbers, 45 to 50 endodontists under the umbrella of Endo One and 30 of those are partners. Um, awesome. And as Daryl mentioned, even when there's you know, situations um, where there's a group practice coming in. Some of the associates don't technically own equity in that practice, so aren't part of that transaction uh, at the time. We let them know that, hey, you know, um, as long as that doctor, whoever's running that practice, thinks that this is a, we termed or coined a key associate. If they think they're a key associate, there's a path to partnership for that person. There's a path where they can have equity in Endo One. And we've already... Daryl, correct me if I'm wrong. I think about six 
We've made six of those type transaction closings where someone didn't bring a practice to the table, but they, they were allowed to, to, to become a partner in Endo One. And I think we have another five to eight um, that are kind of in line to, to be the next one. So it's been very, very popular. Um, and, and I think it's, I you know, we're trying to do right by our partner docs and not just the partner docs, the associate docs who want to be something part of something larger and just don't want to be an associate forever. I, I love it. Daryl, do you have any additional to add to that? Yeah, no, it, it, what Matt said is great. And, and we've seen, as you said, so many people want to do it and see the value and not only for the practice owner, you know, previously to have the, the associate come on board and be a part of it uh, long-term, but they see the value in what, what we're building long-term, even though it wasn't, you know, they weren't the practice owner from the beginning, but the fact that they want to invest in what we're doing is, is a testament to, to what we're building. So that's exciting as well. Yeah. Amen. So uh, I will give you guys a lot of credit. Um, I love what you're doing. And if there's people that are listening to the show right this second, um, if you're driving, you're not going to write down anything. But when you pull over safety first, how would folks, how would endodontists, interested endodontists want to get in touch with you you gentlemen? Uh, yeah, um, I would say the easiest way is uh, at our website, and that's endo one, the number one partners with an S, um, com. So endo one partners.com, um, link to, to connect with us. And, and, you know, through that link, I mean, Daryl and I, as we talked about previously, uh, we're, we're maybe too available. <laughs> we, we're, we're always available, always willing to chat. And even if, you know, not necessarily looking to affiliate, but just, just want to connect with another endodontist, um, uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. So, Gotcha. And just so you know, everybody, all of our listeners, if you go to the show notes, the link to the website and all of the contact information, along with bios and other details um, about Matt and Daryl will be there. So um, don't write that, write it down if you're driving your car. But most of you guys are at home, you know, right now anyway. So um with that, is there anybody else that uh, I heard you mention and give a, you know, a lot of credit to your other two partners? Is there anybody else that you would like to mention on our way out or give a kind of a shout out to special thank you? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Daryl. I say everybody at our team. I mean, everybody at the end of one partners team from the corporate level to, you know, our private equity partners, VSS and, you know, the people we work with there. And, and additionally, all of our partners and, and members of endo one, I mean, it's been an amazing ride this last, you know, year and a half of like you talked about where we were and where we've been. And, you know, a lot of people put a lot of work into this and, and, and it's exciting and where we're going and we appreciate everybody's, you know, help along the way. Yeah. I'd, I'd echo that. And, um, you know, uh, obviously we, we already thanked you, Patrick, uh, oh, but really truly mean pleasure. that uh, you've been great with us. You are now officially part of our integration process um, do I get benefits you mentioned? Uh, hey, hey, uh, you know, Patrick, somebody calls you and uh, can you save me 20 percent, you know, uh, next week? You know, and it's 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 a long it's a long process. And that's not your fault. That's the insurance company's fault. That's their game. But nonetheless, we have to play it. Um, so, you know, you like you said, you're, you're part of our integration process, getting them onboarded and knowing that, hey, three to six months, we'll start to see some traction. Um, but uh uh, yeah, all our team at, at the, the the management team, and then definitely all our our partners. I'm 
I mean, we've had this tremendous growth and uh, really, uh, you, you know, you say, hey, we're 30, 40 locations. I mean, it sounds big, but you, Patrick, you know the industry. It's not, it's not that big. So these nah. people believed in us at an early stage. Um, and, you know, they, they decided to jump on being the first, second, third, fourth group. So um, we've got a really, your, your team is great. I, I mean, I'm not sunshine and rainbows kind of kind of guy you know i'll give the special shout out to sylvester who's the man absolutely rock star status is approaching bruce springsteen brother he's 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 our man yeah employee number two Uh, (laughs) so happy to have him i think i think he just hit his year mark and and uh confetti uh, bomb not going anywhere so we we love him over there that's awesome so um so for all of our listeners, uh, let me thank uh, Endo One Partners, Daryl and Matthew. Um, so from Texas to California, down to the Tampa Bay area, all the way to Buffalo, into Oklahoma, Wichita. Where else are we now? Pennsylvania. Well. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Are we in New York? New York yet? Yeah, Buffalo's New York. Mm-hmm. They're not annexed into Canada no, yet. Safe, Buffalo joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of friends and family actually up there and I know that they are under a lot of snow. So God bless all of you guys. Stay safe up there in the, in the North. Um, so I would like to thank John Ray, the producer and the unofficial mayor of North Fulton County, my man, John Ray, and the entire team at North Fulton business radio X. I'd also like to thank everybody at practice quotient, everybody on, on our team. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Practice Quotient, PPO Analysis and Negotiation. If you also want to get uh, appropriately compensated, you want equitable partnerships with equitable payments with the best carrier business partners, you need to have a strategy to do that. No, it does not happen overnight. But if you have the right partners um, to represent you and you have the right strategy, um, the the partnership between the carriers and the providers can be quite fruitful. Practice Quotient. We are a bridge between the provider and the payer communities. www.practicequotient.com. So thank you very much to Practice Quotient for sponsoring. And uh, with that, until next time. Mm-hmm.